Welcome to the Homeschool Show from North Carolinians for Home Education. Our goal is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. I'm your host, Matthew McDill, and we have, once again, as our co-host, Amanda Wares. Yes, indeed. How Hello, I am well. How are you? Good. Welcome to season three. I know. I can't believe it. Here we are. Here we are. So Ready we're really excited about uh, season three and episode 94. So tell us what we got today. Amazing. So in homeschool news, the Division of Non-Public Education has released the numbers of homeschool families for the 2022-23 school year. So we'll share those with you and discuss what they mean. Mm -hmm. We'll also remind you about the mom's retreat coming up and tell you about the early bird deadline this week. Then in homeschool conversations, we're going to listen to a conversation you had with Adam Lopez um, and tell the story of how he turned had a big turnaround from a reluctant homeschooler to a big supporter. Yeah. And then on Homeschool Helps, I'm going to help you get started. We're going to talk about legal requirements and some of the freedoms we have here in North Carolina. Last but not least, you're going to share a little wisdom from the Word, some encouragement from Scripture yeah, for us. So that's right. Looking forward to that. Okay, so let's dive in to homeschool news with these uh, numbers from the DNPE. Yes. So the statistics for this year, the number of state-recognized homeschools declined for the second row in second year in a row. Wow. The decline this year over last year was about 7% hmm. to 94,154 homeschools. That's still a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> Especially relative uh, compared to other states uh, around the nation. Yes. While there is not an exact count of the number of students, the DNPE estimates that there are about 1.6 students per homeschool, and that makes a total of 152,717 students. NCHE thinks that probably two students per household is a little more realistic. Right. And so that number would be 188,308 students. Uh, since most homeschool uh, om homeschools open only when their children are seven or older, Right. There's probably a lot more homeschools out there exactly. where people are homeschooling and haven't opened their homeschool. That's right. So one of the questions obviously is why would the numbers go down, especially mm -hmm. because there's been for decades now a trend of increase. Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is the DNPE has been working very hard to clean up their records. And so they've been contacting many, many homeschools mm -hmm. and those homeschools that they were not been able to contact or were able to find out had actually are not actually homeschooling anymore they've closed those homeschools right. and so we're hoping that they have succeeded in getting a much more accurate record and cleaning out a lot of homeschools that shouldn't be in there mm -hmm. the second reason is probably we are still coming down from the spike due to covid so a lot of people homeschooled they probably didn't really want to and now maybe they're going back to their private school they're going back to their public school so that would be another um reason that that would happen, of course. So we're just kind of looking to see, is this going to kind of stabilize? Mm -hmm. Are more people going to be going back? What what happens maybe after we know that the homeschool records are cleaned up? So it'll be interesting to see uh, how things progress in the future. Right, definitely. Um, now, Moms Retreat. We are yeah. so excited to up. invite you moms to the Caraway Conference Center once again in Asheboro. It is such a good time. It's I don't even know how to describe it accurately, how special of a time it is I've been every year so far. And it's just really great to get away with other moms who know where you are and 
just relax. We have yeah. some structured time, but quite a bit of time where you're just free to kind of do your own thing and nice. really get away. So early bird prices end this week. They end on August the 11th. You do not want to miss out. Last year, we filled up by the end of early bird registration. So you wanna make sure that you get a spot um, before it fills up and regular registration ends September 28th. So definitely yeah, get your spot out. for that, check it out. Also coming up, I am so excited to announce we have a new webinar, mm -hmm. um, Focus on the Ability, Homeschooling Those with Special Needs and Learning Differences. So we always, um, are wanting to provide help for those of you that are homeschooling kids with special needs of any type. And we have a webinar coming up. Right. Um, we are going to show this webinar. It's going to be premiered That's right. August 22nd. That's a Tuesday evening. And you will have to sign up to have access to that. But those details will be coming out. And as you show the video, um, you are going to be there and your guest is going to be there Absolutely. to answer questions live. Yes, That'll we are going to have me and Lindsay LaVisca, who was my um, co-host or yeah. guest of that webinar. We're going to be there to answer your questions. That'll be great. That's going to be so good. And I want to end with news with a prayer request for you guys because uh, the NCHE board and liaisons meet every year for a work retreat. Mm -hmm. And so we've set that time aside and that's going to be um, this week, the 10th, 11th, and 12th. So we're going to be gathering, planning, getting a vision, doing our strategies and having me meetings and planning uh, this next school year mm -hmm. and how we're going to serve you guys. So please pray for that um, as we get together and, and try to make a plan to go forward. Yes. Okay, so we're going to have homeschool conversations now. Again, I ran into Adam Lopez, who was actually a friend of mine before the conference, and he started telling me his story about how he was really opposed to homeschooling mm. and the whole turnaround of what happened. I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this. So uh, let's listen to Adam's story. We have one child who's currently seven. Uh, my wife brought up the idea of homeschooling when he was about two. And we knew that he was gonna be our only child. So it was, it was, we knew it was gonna be a big decision. And from day one, I, I said, no, that's not gonna happen. You know, and I was that typical person who thought, you know, everybody I knew growing up who was homeschooled was weirdos. You know, you just, I hate to generalize, you know, I had that general, yeah. oh, I only ever see people with 15 kids who homeschool, you know, it's just not for us. Um, and I kind of appeased, I just said, oh, you know, you can look into it all you want, but we're, that's it. so far down the road yeah. that it's like, you can look all you want, but we're, he's only two. And so we came, she actually brought me to this conference many years ago. And I looked around, I thought it's cool, great, you know, and I appreciated that it was Christian, a lot of, you know, there was a Christian focus on certain things, but I was very firm about great, but when time comes, he's going to go to school just like I did, traditional public school. And and then, you know, I would just constantly try to kind of have some sort of response to her concerns about public school. And I said, oh, well, I'll just, I have a good job, I'll pay for private school. And then the more I learned about some of the inadequacies in public school, I realized none of those are going to get fixed in, in private school. It's just more expensive, you know, and, <laughs> uh, you know, some of the challenges and uh 
things. So, you know, he got older. And then when, you know, he's five years old comes around, it was no longer, hey, we'll talk about this down the line. It was like, we're here. You know, what are we going to do? And oh, I, yeah. I kind of told her, because I work from home as well, and, and she was working from home. I said, we can give it a shot. You know, I'll give it a year. I'm not, like, going to say no. We'll give it a year. And I immediately, you know, we had to deal with all the things that you deal with, you know, my parents, her parents, not understanding, sure. yeah. you know, the what about socialization and all the things you hear. And, you know, if you met my son, he can talk to anybody. He's like, hey, you can't it. get the kid to be quiet, you know. And <laughs> um, and I was just one of those complete 180 turnaround kind of people. I was in incredibly skeptical. I went to, you know, traditional school, four-year college, very traditional um, pathway. I was very... I did very well in school. I was very academic focused. I was the traditional, like very high level learner. And I thought you could only get that, you know, in the school, you know, how could he possibly take an AP course or how, what's he going to do? What if he's a, you know, a calculus master, how are we going to give yeah. him what he needs? And very slowly, but surely, you know, my wife showed me what co-ops are and well, you know, and she made me understand that well, right now at this age, we can give him everything he right. needs. And then we'll deal with those other things. Here are the resources to deal with those things that come down the line. And that's what I needed. I'm a very like, I need the facts. Yeah. You know, I don't do anything because I just think it might work out. Like I want to know well, how's it going to work. And we came again to this conference, you know, now that he was actually homeschooling and I just have a totally different perspective on it. I think it's fantastic. We've been able to take trips. We live a lifestyle because I work from home that no other person gets to do. And we have this great kid who's blowing his peers away in you know when in social set like where we get to see him yeah. around kids that are traditional. Great, uh, and he just—I never thought that this could work, and it works, and it works for us. And I—I I can't. Of course, there are those days, you know, where you're like, man, it's it's rough. It's rough, and maybe it'd be easier if we just put him in school. Yeah, or, you know, you start to think about your career and different things. But I am especially because he's our only child. I have a different perspective. Like the time, we'll never get this time back. And I'm so happy that we've That's done right. this. And I get to see him so much more than I would get to see, particularly with my type of work. It's very busy and I'm in conference. So even just those little moments between my calls and his lessons and things, I get to see him during the day. None of my colleagues get mm. that. And it's like a, just a bonus. And I have such a good relationship with him. And I I just don't think I would have that if he had to be out of the house at 6.30 in the morning and I didn't see him again until the bus dropped him off or sitting in multiple hours of pickup lines. And now I'm that dad who's like, look at them, you know, suckers sitting in the line. Or, oh, <laughs> man, right. you know. Man, can you imagine if we had to do that? Like, so I've totally bought in. Yeah. You know, I drank the Kool-Aid and I'm like fully in on this thing now. And it's been a long journey, but, you know, technically now he's been doing it for a couple of years and I just love it, That's you know, great. and I, I would tell any, you know, I know I hate to stereotype a lot of fathers, a lot of certain people who are skeptical about it. Just, just give it a chance and just understand that, you know, it's a lot more popular than you think it is. It's a lot mm -hmm. more mainstream and you don't know how many kids are homeschooled till you homeschool your kids. And then you're out and about and you're like, there's a ton of kids everywhere. everywhere. And, you know, we're part of these fantastic co-ops. And I've met some really good friends. And as an adult, it's hard to make friends. And you yeah. meet people who have similar values and mm -hmm. a mindset that you do. And it's not just some kid in the class and you're 
you're happy to be in the same place because it's really because you want to be there and you make good yeah. relationships and um, it's just been an awesome journey. Yeah, I know that's a long answer. It's a, been a journey. You, it's you a journey. Answer. You know, it's it's it really is a journey and it was like I was never going to happen to can't imagine it any other way in a matter of a few years and it's it's been fantastic. Well, you've answered all my questions because I had questions <laughs> As I as you went, uh, you, yeah, you answered them all, so yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> sorry, I'm a talker, but so you kind of, you kind of already said it. So my last thought is just: is there any is there any last thing you would say to dads who are just hearing yeah. it, struggling with it? If you're hearing it and you're struggling and you're thinking like, and I everybody has the reasons why they don't think it's a good fit, whether it's the the, the myths about socialization or whether it's the myths about you know. Well, my wife was not a trained teacher. She's not a, she doesn't have an education degree. How is she going to teach my child? Or how am I going to do it? Or, you know, how much extra work is this going to be for me? You know, there's a lot of things that come up. Just give it a shot. Like, especially early, you have nothing to lose. You can, you know, yeah. You, you, it's not like it's too it's like late. like a big risk. Yeah, you're not, you know, if you try it for a couple of years and it just doesn't work with your lifestyle, children are really resilient and they can reassimilate back into a traditional school setting and that might be the right thing for you and it's not for everybody but with my work and if you want any type of flexibility in your life and you really want to take control over what your kids are exposed to you got to do it you know like you don't realize it until you become a parent just how important and how big the responsibility is of like shaping them and teaching them and if you really think hard about who you want shaping your children mm -hmm. for a third of their day, you wouldn't do anything else. Okay, that was a great interview, wasn't it? Was it was so great. I just related so much to that oh, because yeah? my husband, Michael, was exactly the same. Okay. When our oldest child was preschool age, uh -huh. I brought up homeschooling and he had the same reaction, like full really? stop, no, no way. way. Not going to happen. Mm -mm. Okay. And he also has had a complete turnaround. That's great. And is now my biggest supporter. Right. So definitely That's exciting. we can, we can relate. And I know there's others of you out there that can relate yeah. as well. So share it. If you have dads in your life that right. maybe are struggling with that, this share. might be the exact video that they need to see exactly uh, to help encourage them to at least give it a try which is something that adam said you don't have to commit to forever just do it for a year especially when they're young yes. and you'll be able to see how that goes yes That's definitely right. all right now if you've been watching this show for a while you might remember a segment that we used to have called the homeschool reality moment right. i love these we would like to revive this segment which is to show video clips of parents sharing stories and experiences from their homes, their homeschools right. that are maybe maybe funny, maybe moving um, and inspiring. So you can submit any kind of video that you'd like. But right now we have an assignment for you. Yes. We want you to tell us or show us how you start off your school year. That's right. Yeah, you can just talk to us about it. You can show us a video as you're doing those if you have traditions of how you start your school year, show us. We'd love to see it. That's right. And for the first video that we pick out to put on the air, we are going to send you a free book from by Andrew Poudois. The book is called However Imperfectly, 
lessons learned from 30 years of teaching. So we have a copy of that for you. If you send your videos in, and that's the whole purpose of this, is we, of this, is we want to see what's happening in your homeschool. Yes. And that could be um, anything that's going on. But today, especially, we're asking for how do you start your home homeschool year? And then we're, we're the first video that we pick to put on the air, uh, we will send you this book. So you can go to um, nche.com, the homeschool show, and scroll down. You'll see the instructions on how to what the video is supposed to look like and how to submit it. So just check out all the instructions there and put your video in, and then we'll be able to contact you if we select yours first. Even if you don't go first and you don't get the book, we're going to be using as many of these videos as we can over the next few weeks. So yes, send yours in. Definitely. Okay, so now we're going to have Homeschool Helps with Amanda. Welcome to Homeschool Helps with Amanda. I'm Amanda Wares, Homeschool Helps Director with NCHE. Today, we are gonna talk about what I know is on a lot of your minds at this time of year, getting started. I have already gotten so many questions, emails, phone calls, questions on social media. What do we do? Um, so today we're gonna to focus on how do we get legal? How do you get established as a homeschool in North Carolina? First off, I want to tell you, um, earlier in the show, I think Matthew mentioned the Division of Non-Public Education. That is the department that is over all the private schools and all the homeschools in North Carolina. And that is unique. Um, I think among all states in the country that we are not under the Department of Public Instruction at all. So this provides us a lot of freedom that maybe some other states don't have necessarily. We have some autonomy um, apart from public schools. So first off, if you want to get legal in North Carolina, you establish your homeschool. You are going to submit a notice of intent to homeschool. You're not asking permission. You are informing the state that you are going to be homeschooling. This is for students over the age of seven. So if you have a five or six year old, you don't need to do this. But if you have older than seven, this is for you. Submitting your notice of intent is an easy online process. It's quick. There's a few um, requirements that you have to do, but I'm not going to get into that for the sake of time right now. Then once you have your homeschool established, you are going to follow our homeschool law in North Carolina, which just has a few requirements. And even within those requirements, there's a lot of freedom and flexibility to make your homeschool work for you and your kids. So first off, you have to take attendance. Are your children here? Yes, they are. Are they learning? Yes, they are. So you take attendance, you keep that on file at your homeschool office at your house. Then you have to keep current vaccine records or the appropriate exemption. Here in North Carolina, we do have a medical exemption and religious exemption for vaccines. You're just gonna keep that on file again at your house, at the office of the homeschool. Next, you have to have school. 
on a regular basis, nine months of the calendar year. Now, this is the requirement that seems to cause confusion or trip people up, but I want to encourage you to understand the difference between a recommendation and a requirement. We do not count days or hours in North Carolina. You have school on a regular basis, nine months of the calendar year. And what that looks like in your homeschool is completely up to you. So you make it work for you, for your family, for your students, okay? Last but not least, the last requirement is that we have to give a nationally normed standardized test once per calendar year. So once you open that homeschool, you file your notice of intent, you have a year, 12 months, to administer this test. Now again, there is the legal requirement to give the test. And we have so much information about this on the NCHE website. We have a whole webinar about it. So if you need more information, it's out there. But I'm just gonna tell you right now, we have a requirement to test in North Carolina. We have a requirement to keep those test results on file for a year. Um, I recommend keeping them forever, but requirement to have them for a year. There is no pass or fail. There is no certain benchmark that your students have to get on the test. There are many tests to choose from. Again, within that requirement, you choose how to make it work best for your family and your homeschool. So I hope this has been informative. I hope it has answered your questions and I really hope this helps today. Okay, now it's time for some wisdom from the word. Uh, if your house is like my house, one of the most popular questions is why? Why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Why do I have to do chores? Uh, why do I have to clean this up? Why do I have to do math? Of course, is a big question. The why is an important question because it goes to one of the bigger questions that's always in the human heart, which is, why am I here? What am I here for? The three big questions are, where did I come from? Why am I here and where am I going? The why question is a big one. And as parents, uh, because I said so, which is a very important answer, isn't always enough. It will not be enough. Your kids have to know why. Why are we doing what we're doing and why am I here? This is uh, about purpose. And so we have a wonderful opportunity as parents, as we raise our kids, as we educate them to help them know purpose. I would like to read from uh, Psalm 57 verse two. It says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. So we're gonna see a, a few things here very quickly <clears throat> and you can talk through this with your kids. One of them is that God has a purpose for me. He's the one who created me and he did it for a reason. And we know, of course, as we read the rest of scripture, that the great commandment is to love him with all our heart, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves and to make disciples, love God, love people, make disciples. These are our big uh, purposes in life. He also gives us more specific purposes. But when you give your children the larger context for God created me and he has a purpose for me, it changes the way that they think about life, what they're looking for, what their drives are. And hopefully our job is to give them a desire to love and know God. The other part here is it says that God fulfills his purpose for me. 
it's very tempting for us to do it ourselves. I'll have control of my life. I will try to make sure everything goes uh, and gets accomplished. But one of the things we have to understand as believers is that we are dependent on God. He's the one who is in charge of our lives, and He's the one who fulfills His purpose for us. And so we have to get rid of sin, which is independence, self-reliance, and trust God. So He's given us a purpose. He's the one who fills it. And the third thing to see is that He is able to fulfill it. It says, I cry out to God most high. What does that mean? No one is next to Him. No one is above Him. Everything and all powers and all circumstances are below Him, which means He is sovereign. He is perfectly capable of fulfilling His purpose for us. It's really discouraging. We look at the world, there's so many things going wrong. And other people seem to be perfectly capable of screwing up our lives, right? But we have to have this big view of God has a purpose for me. He fulfills it and he is sovereign. He's able to fulfill it. So what is it that we do? Well, we see here, it says, I cry out to God most high. So what's our job? To seek him, to pray, to always be relying on him and looking to him, depending on him. That's our posture of humility, of faith. That's what he's looking for. That's what pleases him. Now, obviously, there's lots of obedience to talk about, lots of uh, surrender and execution of his will. But this is the best place to start, is that he gives us a purpose. He fulfills it. He's able to fulfill it. And our job is to cry out to him and call upon him. This is a really important thing to put principle and perspective, to put before your children, to say, this is how we think about life. This is a great verse to memorize, to talk about with your kids. I hope it's encouraging to you personally, but especially we want to give our kids this kind of perspective and this kind of worldview. Well, thanks for joining us this week. We hope this has been really encouraging to you. Uh, I meant to mention it before, but uh, since we are doing homeschooling, we're on site at a home. This is my home. So uh, we probably won't be here very often, but this is uh, one of the ways we were kicking off season three this year. Yes, it's great. And we would love to hear from you. Please send us your questions and your feedback to the homeschool show at nche.com. And help others find this show by subscribing, rating, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or YouTube. Um, if you think this show will be helpful to your friends and family, please let them know about it. And to learn how to subscribe to our show as a podcast and on YouTube, you can visit nche.com slash the homeschool show. That's right. Until next week, continue to homeschool with confidence and joy. Bye-bye.